Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. All right, welcome everybody. Chuck Bino, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie True Straight Up Show. With the uh, no grassroots show, that's what it is. It's a grassroots, grassroots show, show. <laughs> the Chuck and the Julie grassroots, grassroots show, it's the grassroots true straight show. up. Let's straight up. Now, Roger, we've by been who are you? It off. Julie's blew it the last time, uh, but now I've got, I've got the uh, ball in my court. <laughs> hey, the show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. Holy cow, a lot to talk to you about today. This is just breaking news. Colorado GOP chair Dave Williams is going to be joining us today at 3.30. Earlier in the year, we talked a lot about a bunch of financial issues they discovered that occurred under the previous KBB administration. And today, Dave put out a press release saying the GOP is under the new leadership is pursuing civil and potential criminal complaints. They sent a letter to Christy Burton Brown, an official lawyer letter, telling her to preserve all evidence um, in light of the pursuit of these potential civil and criminal charges. So we'll be talking to him about that. But what a day it's like. I think grassroots have been waiting for that for quite a while. Yes, they have. A lot of people have been saying we've talked about it. And, you know, and KBB and all the the rhino establishment media people tried to say, oh, the new GOP can't do it. They can't raise the money, the grassroots. You know, they can't raise any money. Well, it turns out a lot of questions about what the previous administration did. Well, they also said they're broke. And you kind of go, that's because she left them in debt. (laughs) That's right. And she left them in debt because they took the money. Right. Well, they took the money, but they didn't pay the rent and they didn't do uh, everything else in the world. I mean, and, just, and some hey, of the, they're broke. No kidding. Certainly financial abuse, possible financial fraud, possible criminal charges. Um, So I'm glad. So we'll be talking to Dave about that. But that's sort off with real fast developing news all over the place in the Trump case. One of the latest things occurred is that horrible judge out of D.C. has agreed that since they are appealing the immunity issue boom, straight up to the, or the U.S. Supreme Court, um, she's putting everything on hold, which makes Jack Smith. He is having a very bad day, Chuck, the, the special prosecutor, um, because he wanted to try to have a trial by March, right before Super Tuesday, um, to have Trump in the middle of trials during all of these complaints. Looks like that's going to be impossible to happen. Um, Never impossible. Well, there's a will, there's a way. And I promise (laughs) you the DOJ and the corrupt judges and the they're, they're everything else will do. They're, they're kidnapping when you children. Want to move heaven and earth, you can do it. Right. But the whole thing was a, a bigger snap. Well, a bigger wrench was thrown into the works. And I'll let me and I'll ask you to explain it just from with your inside knowledge about how the courts work. But the U.S. Supreme Court said today that it will hear Fisher versus U.S. Basically, that are three, I think, January 6th defendants who were challenging the obstruction of an official proceeding criminal charge that was filed against them. Um, some 300 people have been charged. Some of them already prosecuted and served their time over the January 6th. And, and committed suicide and everything else. Oh, but, horrible. 
justice horrible. delayed is just democratic well, justice. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about whether it's too little, too late. But what this means is, what essentially what they said is that the, the the district court said that this obstruction of an official proceeding essentially stemmed from a corporate fraud case that had to it's do with Enron, dis- the type but, of yeah. things that went on with Enron. Which talked about, which had to do with actually destroying evidence during a criminal case, right? Right. And they said that trying to apply this criminally um, to what happened at on January 6th, you know, number one, was that an official proceeding the Congress is doing or was it a ceremonial one? But it's a stretch. The district court judge said, yes, it's a stress. The U.S. of the district appeals court well, I'm going to have to go make the dog stop. But I've said that, no, that it, that oh, the prosecutors, oh, I know, could go forward with it. Um, and now the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear it. So why don't you that talk about. Two to one to, you know, the way the way it works with cert is if four justices want to hear it, um, they can hear it. Um, and so they've got at least four judges who want to hear it. Um, and as a practical matter, you need five for a decision. Uh, but they took a case in which it was a split on the Court of Appeals and they reversed the lower court. So it had to be the most advantageous of all the cases. So I think that looks good uh, for Trump and it looks good for the defendant. But as I've said, they just piled on tons of charges. Oh, OK. You don't have to spend 22 years. You can spend 20 and a half years. And- but yeah, yes. You know, but you could see here the difference between me and Chuck. Is a glass half full or is a glass half empty? Chuck is it's like. A bit, it's a bit, well, it's. <laughs> it's, it's but it's he, that's so- yeah, it is. It is a halfway glass because it, it really is the injustice that hasn't occurred since the desegregated South. Well, that's drilled down. That's that's drilled down on this. So the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear it means that they want to look at that. The, the issue is 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 this something that can be charged criminally against right. Donald Trump? Because these are two of the charges he's facing um, in a trial that's supposed to go to in a case that's supposed to go to trial March fourth. Um, and as we said, some three hundred plus people have either been charged or being charged with it. Um, would the Supreme Court take it if they were going to uphold the appellate court ruling, do you think? I mean, not reading the tea leaves. What To me, this pretty well, much... All, all you can say, you know, this is reading the tea leaves. Reading the tea leaves as four justices wanted to hear the case. That doesn't mean four wanted to overturn it, but four wanted to hear it. More likely or not, those four are conservative justices that want to overturn it. But they still need a fifth vote uh, to be able to overturn it. And so it keeps every the whole point of it is to keep everyone guessing uh, what the court's going to do or not going to do. Um, but I, I, I would, would think I would give it I a was high, gonna say, I'd, I'd give it a high, you know, things at least four want to overturn it. Whether that, you know, Roberts, of course, has every lefty in the world now working for him. So who knows? But but, you know, there have been cases where people are absolutely sure that that the court would overturn it and they didn't. So you can't. You can't guarantee it's going to be overturned, uh, but if you had to, if you had to place a bet. That's where you place your bet. So, in other words, so yeah, I think it is looking at the way the court operates. That I think what we can read into this is there is certainly a very good chance that the Supreme Court would issue a ruling. Now, who knows how narrow they might make it, but that that um, these people, including Donald Trump, cannot be charged with obstructing an official proceeding, and that all of these charges would have to be dropped against these people if they were um, being jailed on some of these charges. That would have to. I mean, it's yeah, a but what happens to people. 
The people who pled guilty and took a plea bargain. Right. What right. happens to them? Do they, just, get, they don't normally get to go back into court and said, hey, no. hey, the charges against me. You know, they said you had your chance. You know, we right. made sure that that every juror, not one juror, one trial was found not to violate. I mean, we forced you into this thing. But, you know, it's all the. It's I know Julie Kelly, who has covered this tremendously. One of the things she talked about, which is true, she said she was talking to the to January six people, and she said half of them, or you know, they had very mixed emotions. Some of them were like saying, you know, for people who had committed suicide after being charged with this, um, for the court to take it up now, you, you know, it, it it does nothing to erase the pain and every, and the agony and the expenses and everything that they've gone through. And yet, on the other hand, they said it is very good news because I think a lot of legal scholars and illegal tea leave readers are, are interpreting scholars anymore. I mean, well, are interpreting it the same way that that you are and that I am, and that is it is a significant likelihood that the U.S. Supreme Court will say that Jack Smith cannot charge Donald Trump or anyone else with this. So, in the meantime, in the meantime. Meantime, though, they've indicated that they might look at the immunity issue. All they so far have asked, though, for that on is for Trump to um, um, to, to issue his thing. So a lot of things. But I think in, in a lot of ways, what's good is all of this lawfare that, you know, gets a lot of headlines in the media. And I got to think it just is backfiring against the, Dem- the Democrats big time, because what they really wanted were the headlines, too, to a certain extent. I think initially they didn't really care what happened down the road. They just wanted all the negative publicity. But all that's done is make Trump stronger and stronger and stronger. And meantime, Biden, because of the economy and other issues, looks worse and worse and worse. So not only did they not get Trump um, on the PR battle, right, but it's looking like a lot of their criminal stuff is falling apart as well, or at least is going to be pushed out so far beyond, you know, the election and the primary that it might not you know who knows what will happen with it there yeah uh, i mean it's but you know they the lawfare you know they've had they controlled all the dc circuit judges uh and they control all the dc court of appeals and and really you know i mean we also read one on change of venue you know trying people in washington dc uh who are white and who are republicans is about as good as going to a clan rally and, and being a black i mean that that's what it's like and and, and it's destroyed the faith good faith the, the american people had including whatever true faith that i had in the judicial system that's right well yeah and we'll see but so anyway so that's that on the other there are a couple other things going on and i guess this is a day i think where we see does the republican congress have and pardon my language here, but have any balls, right? So right now, as we speak, they're debating formalizing the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Now, some people say, well, what difference does that make? And I think, well, what it does is it gets people on the record for it, right? Ken Buck right now is the only Republican that anyone knows of who has gone on the record saying he was opposed to it. Who knows? He keeps saying there's no evidence. There's no evidence. Who knows what he might actually do when the vote comes? And we'll try to keep monitor that for you guys. But in the meantime, though, I mean, wouldn't think they'd put it to a vote if it wasn't going to 
passed, but you know, Republicans are Republicans. Well, you know. here's here's the thing, though. Exactly. Everything I was reading, because they hadn't put it to a vote before, right? McCarthy, right. Kevin McCarthy didn't want to put it to a vote. Um, they just kind of wanted to launch the inquiry. But going through this will give them a little bit more, as I understand it, power in terms of subpoenaing people and things like that. And so um I think you're right. What I've been reading is, is that they believe they do have the votes. But as you said, that's let's go ahead and see. I mean, this is time for Republicans. You know, people always say, well, what's a rhino? Well, it's a Republican like Ken Buck, who says he's a Republican and then votes completely against the Republican interest. But well, you have to realize there's no evidence against President Trump. Oh, uh, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's sure Hunter in, in his agony and pain of addiction. They did some things that he regrets today. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Because Hunter was also at the state capitol date, although to defy the congressional subpoena. But this is just real good addressing that that whole con the whole idea of evidence. Here's what James Comer, representative um, from um, Kentucky, had to say about that on the House floor. If we could please play the Comer on impeachment soundbite. Joe Biden has repeatedly lied to the American people about his family's corrupt influence peddling schemes. He told the American people he never spoke to his son about his family's business dealings. He claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties as vice president and his family. He said his family never made money from China. All of these are blatant lies. Our investigation has revealed how Joe Biden knew of, participated in, and benefited from his family cashing in on the Biden name around the world. Since January, we have learned some of the following. The Bidens created 20 shell companies, most of which were created while Joe Biden was vice president. The Bidens and their associates then raked in over $24 million through these shell companies from China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and Romania between 2014 and 2019. At least 10 members of the Biden family have benefited or participated in these schemes. The Bidens layered these payments through their bank accounts to hide the sources of the money. The banks even flagged many of these transactions in more than 150 suspicious activity reports to the Treasury Department. One bank investigator was so concerned about Hunter Biden's financial transactions with the Chinese company that he wanted to reevaluate the bank's relationship with him. He noted that his transactions served, and I quote, no current business purpose, end quote. That's what I call a shell company. Now, I don't know. That sounds like a little bit of evidence to me, doesn't it to you, Chuck? No, 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 it's, it's, it's unfair. It's a poor Hunter. Poor Hunter. <laughs> Poor Hunter. Well, speaking of poor Hunter, he was supposed to be um, deposed today um, and for the congressional investigation into what he's got going on. And that's apart from the criminal investigation. So we did, you know, I, I think Eric Swalwell helped him acting like yeah, he was sort of uh, a pseudo lawyer. He's watched lawyers on TV. Um, uh, and um, so he showed up, uh, you know, and all the reporters are waiting. We're going to play a video. Well, later we'll play a video where you kind of see this person lurking around and what they're doing is they're trying to see if Hunter Biden's going to show up. So all the media had various places around the Capitol complex staked out to see what 
Hunter Biden was going to do. So he showed up. He said, I'm here, of course, but he defied the actual subpoena. Um, And I want to go ahead and point out that I think it was like Donald Trump Jr. was subpoenaed by the Democrats, right? Um, Right. Donald Trump's trial. Then he sat for nine hours of deposition. Eric Trump, same thing, sat for like six hours of deposition. But if you're Hunter Biden, Chuck, because he's a victim in all of this, that he doesn't have to do any of that. If we could please play the uh, Hunter Hunter Biden sound by Thomas. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. During my battle with addiction, my parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. They helped me in ways that I will never be able to repay. And of course, they would never expect me to. And in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. Now, let's go back to some of his financial. He what he had $870,000 he tried to write off as as business expenses for sex clubs, right? He was taking over a million dollars out of ATM machines to buy drugs. He was sex trafficking. He was, I mean, you know, it wasn't just like all of this while he was refusing to pay child support, right? I mean, it wasn't just that. Um, you know, for him to play the victim and, and throughout the whole thing, I don't know how much of it you watch. He kept throwing out the, well, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a victim here because I was, a, you know, going through addiction and things like that. And, you know, he's having an affair with his brother's wife. I, I mean, this wasn't just your little minor Ex-brother's addiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. He's Ex-brother's got family. Wife. He's got family members saying he can't be left alone with children because he behaves inappropriately walking around naked. I mean, these are big issues that he's got. But that's even I mean, when you uh, Comer outlined all of the financial stuff and Jim Jordan is making a very big deal. I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but um, he said my father was never financially involved before. <laughs> if always say his father was never involved. involved. yeah. Now he's saying financially involved. And so you got to say, why does Hunter, why won't Hunter Biden go in and be deposed? Right. I mean, what do you make? Well, of it? If, if we're talking about legalese, there, there's been no definitive ruling whether you have to go and be deposed. You know, you have to, you can have a summons to testify before Congress. And Congress didn't like the fact that people like Ollie North would get up there and they weren't sure what he was going to say and he embarrassed them, um, that, that they couldn't they couldn't count on. So they decided, okay, we got this down. We'll, we'll depose them. And so, you know, then after they depose them, if we don't like the answers, we can find them because it's under depositions under penalties of perjury. And then if we go to Congress and they change the story, we can go after them. So it's a bit of a congressional gotcha thing. Um, And so I'm not totally unsympathetic to why people don't want to be deposed 
by you know right but i mean what i'm glad about is thank goodness at least yeah it's a congressional gotcha and it's a congressional gotcha that the democrats have been pulling on the republicans throughout the entire thing so thank goodness at least under you know this new leadership they have the guts to just not talk about subpoenaing hunter biden they have the guts to go ahead and do it and keep in mind he could have if byron york and i'll play a couple of sound bites for him pointed out what he could have done was just go on there and taken the fifth taken the fifth taken the fifth right the right. fact that he ignored the subpoena, well, that's just what could happen to Steve Bannon. Was it Peter Navarro, right? They ignored a congressional subpoena, were prosecuted by the Justice Department, found guilty, and are now facing jail terms, and they're only out on appeal, right? So if you're on the Trump team, if you're on the Republican team, and you ignore a subpoena, then you can be found in contempt of Congress, and, and all kinds of bad things can happen. So now we're going to see, okay, do the Republicans have the guts, the balls, I'm going to say, to go ahead and in by, you know, vote for the formal impeachment inquiry. And do they have the guts to go ahead and find Hunter Biden in contempt? Jim Jordan and um, Comer talked about that. And it's a little unclear exactly what they're going to do and when. But if we could please play the Jordan and Comer soundbite. Don Jr. had to testify twice in, in, a, in a deposition setting, two different committees. But, oh, somehow it doesn't, that doesn't apply to the Biden family? That's not how it works in our country. It's supposed to be equal treatment, the same treatment under the law. When Mr. Biden, Mr. Biden said that his father had no involvement in his business dealings, period. How do you respond? That's not what Devin Archer said. There was telephone, uh, phone calls, meetings, dinners, you name it. We know what happened with Burisma in Ukraine in that December 4th through December 9th time frame where Joe Biden goes and leverages, conditions the, the American tax money on the firing of the prosecutor who was looking in to the executives of the very company Hunter Biden was on the board of. We know those facts. Remember, Joe Biden said he never met with any of these people or talked to any of these people. That was the narrative before we began this investigation. Now we know he met with and talked to every single one of them. So the president hasn't been honest about his associations with these people who have been wiring millions and millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. And, and the Biden family. Look, I think every American has a simple question. What did the Bidens do to receive the tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world? That's a simple question. But Chairman Comer, do you acknowledge that you haven't answered that question and that you found no evidence of wrongdoing or criminal conduct? We found some very serious evidence that uh, but you look Joe at... No, 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 no. The checks. There's two checks to Joe Biden Those from his brother that the tanks. money to give Joe Biden... Was through influence penalty. One was through the American. No, 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 no. Loan repayments that we are the loan documents. We showed you the loan documents. You don't understand loan documents, I do. Okay? If if I wrote you, if you pay me back $240,000 for a loan repayment, I should have a check going to you for 240000 Joe Biden's attorneys of inventing. The law firm that represented all the shell companies. That represented all the shell companies. You think. Those lawyers have what, what do you think? You're you're defending them. I mean, you're acting as That's just a very serious I mean, what a, number one, what a shell, what a puppet she is. It's like, well, there was a law. And he's like, well, there's a, it was a That's law. I, I love uh, Pierre Polyev up in Canada who just <laughs> wings it to him, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know, and, and, and uh, let's face it. What happened to Eric Holder, Attorney General of the United States, who was found in contempt of Congress? And what happened uh, after um, Trump gets in and they have uh, a Republican AG, Zippo? Oh, oh yes. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's, and, and so it's it's what Republicans always do. Zippo. Well, hopefully, hopefully the Republicans will not in this case. You know, I and and well, what do you mean in this case? This they already found Hunter. I mean, uh, the Attorney General, Democratic Attorney General Eric Holder, in contempt. But it didn't matter because what was nobody was going to enforce that contempt. It's going to be different. I mean, we do have a little bit the Freedom Caucus here. I mean, it, it, it is a little no, bit. Of, no, you, know, the, you don't. You don't get the fact that finding him in contempt is irrelevant. They should do it. They should do it. But it's irrelevant if nobody will enforce it, as well, i.e. Eric Holder. Right, so, and that's know, let's it go doesn't to matter an if, exact... they, if you actually finally find the guts to find somebody in contempt. But you refuse to do anything about it once you get in power. Well, well, although they're not in power right now. I mean, and Byron York. That's right. But if they are next year. Right. And Byron York. Oh, wait. Well, before we play that, Jacob's got his hand up. Hey, Jacob, go ahead. Hold on. Got to get this right. You know, all the talking heads today have been saying it's automatic that the Supreme Court is going to was going to lean towards the J6 people and Donald Trump. I have a feeling that these Supreme Court justices don't want demonstrators in front of their houses like the, like Kavanaugh did. And that might come into play and they may go ahead and say, yeah, it's, it's OK. What uh, what 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 happened in the courts with these J6 people? They'll say it's OK. They're not going to uh, get involved. Maybe it, it could be, although. You know, and again, yeah, we absolutely never know. I mean, here in Denver, I was sure that the Denver District Court judge was going to throw Donald Trump off the ballot, and she didn't, right? And the Supreme Court is supposed to rule, the Colorado Supreme Court going to rule on that. So I, I wonder, though, Jacob, I mean, if you're the U.S. Supreme Court, you do kind of have a whole slew of these Trump-related cases. You've got the immunity issue. You've got this obstruction thing. You've got the 14th Amendment. They've got a slew of them, and and I wonder... I mean, I, you. I, I guess I, w- I would want to say you'd it, hope it could go. It could go. It could go three ways. It could go the way I think. I think it was going to go. It can go. It can go the way of, um, you know, that the 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 Democrat. What is it? The uh, libertarian. Liber, the liberal judges are going to say, no, we're not going to go with uh, go against Trump because this may end up getting us impeached down the road, or it may go that all all six w- will say that. Um, that nine, he, yeah, the cases Yeah, the nine five just. Oh, is it only five? Oh, okay. Nine, nine. Well, not yet. Nine. nine. Yeah, all nine. Yeah, all nine will go. They could. I. I think it's forty percent that they're going to go uh, uh, against Trump. I think it's fifty uh, percent. No, fifty-five percent that they're going to go with Trump, and the remainder is that they're afraid to uh, to make a decision because they don't want protesters in front of their house. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that could that's, be. That's, that's why. Merrick Garland and the FBI, uh, they 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 didn't want the justice to be shot or hurt, uh, but they did want to be intimidated. That's why um, yeah. they made sure that uh, that they could they never arrested anybody until the guy who came to kill him. <laughs> and I'll, I'll try and I'll I'll, I'll leave with this. I, I think Christopher Ray really needs his job because anybody to take that kind of abuse, I mean, he should just say, "I give up and quit." <laughs> Christopher Ray. <laughs> Christopher Ray, Ray coming into his job was making like $8 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you're right. It can't be very fun being him right now. And today, again, is probably not a very fun day for the prosecutor, Jack Smith, right? I mean, if he was smart, he saw this day coming. Um, And again, I still say, I think the the Democrats, this is backfiring on them, I think potentially legally and certainly from a PR battle. But they've gone down this road, right? They've got nothing else that they can Uh do about it. Um, And I would like to say just one other thing, too. Where are all of the stupid other Republican candidates not weighing in on this, right? It's like, you know, and all of them, are, they're just kind of waiting for Trump to go to jail so they can jump in the fray. And, and well, you know, well, they don't have any courage either. Well, going back to to um, when Trump was first elected, how many Republicans left office because they thought he was going to be uh, convicted on that Russia, Russia, Russia thing? Right, right. It's the right. same thing. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. Okay, Jacob, hey, thank okay. you. Good, good point. You. Hey, and then, you know, to, to your point on the what will happen with the contempt. And again, I would point out that Trump's kids showed up and testified um, under with a congressional subpoena when Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro refused to. They were found to be in contempt of Congress. They were criminally charged by uh, Merrick Garland. They were tried. They were found guilty in Washington, D.C. courtrooms, and they're appealing it now. So they're out on appeal. Um, I mean, to me, if they don't charge Hunter Biden, too, which I'm not going to charge. No U.S. attorney is going to charge Hunter Biden. I promise you. Well, and that's what Byron and Thomas, I'm going to skip one. We're not going to play Byron York one. But if we could please pay Byron York, two, because that's what he says. Also, Chuck. Uh, and they could pursue contempt charges against him. The only problem there is the House can get all excited and and, and uh, find him in contempt of Congress. And then, but the problem is the Justice Department has to uh, has to enforce that. Right. Now, during the January sixth committee investigation, we saw the Justice Department get really serious about contempt of Congress. So when a couple of witnesses uh, like Steve Bannon were obviously in contempt of Congress, they wouldn't show up, they wouldn't talk, they wouldn't produce anything. Um, they were cited uh, for contempt of Congress, and the Justice Department prosecuted them. Uh, here, I don't think the Biden Justice Department would be very uh, energetic in pursuing a Hunter Biden contempt of Congress. And that's probably putting it mildly, wouldn't you say? Yep. <laughs> hey, and Thomas, if you want to go ahead and give Dave Williams a holler now, too, we're about a minute early, but that's okay. Yeah, but, you know, hopefully, at the very least, I mean, and this is maybe kind of pathetic that this is what we have come down to. At the very least, I would like to see the House Republicans make the meaningless gesture. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not totally, at least it would, at least it would break the troops a little bit, right? It's like the speech you give before you go into a battle that you know is not going to go your way. But at least you give that great speech, right? I would like right. to see them do that. And again, at the very least, make it a little painful for Hunter Biden, right? Because no, as he said- A temp of Congress is not painful for Hunter Biden. Um, no, well, it might it might impact his art sales, which thank God it is only increases art sales. I it promise. only increase it. Okay, so we have uh, Thomas was on it. Um, GOP chair Dave Williams, um, doing a great job. Hey, Dave, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I I saw you sent out a press release. Um, essentially, um, very, very very festive one with all kinds of colorful <laughs> graphics. Essentially and all that. saying. 
that that the Colorado Republican Party, the current leadership, is um, pursuing criminal and potential civil and no, potential civil criminal, and potentially criminal criminal complaints. And you sent a letter to the former GOP chair KBB Christy Burton Brown to preserve all evidence. Why don't I back you up and explain? Because you did a great job in your letter explaining this, but for our audience, explain what prompted this move today. Yeah, you. I mean, you bet. Look, it's kind of been a a little bit of a slower process because we've had a number of irons in the fire uh we you know this all this all went back to the transition uh we didn't have a good transition uh hardly any transition if you if i'm to be blunt uh but the uh, long and short of it is when we tom and i the treasurer started digging into everything we started to unearth a number of troubling things and we went ahead and disclosed that to the Central Committee in August. And, you know, we had a number of examples, right, uh, where, you know, the past administration was, you know, they didn't, they didn't pay $9,000 worth of rent to our landlord, uh, for example. Or they saddled us with, you know, anywhere between fifty dollars and $60,000 worth of legal bills um, that, you know, we're not sure were legitimate. You know, we're still on on, you know, tangling that mess as well. And, you know, one of the more egregious things that I think the Central Committee, you know, is owed an explanation on is when we were at the March 11th reorganizational meeting in Loveland, uh, Christy Burton Brown and her team talked about how they were essentially leaving us a hundred and hundred plus thousand dollars for the next administration. And when Tom and I finally got control of the finances, or at least uh, even a, a view of it, we were spent down to about eight thousand bucks plus yeah, all and, the and with and with debts to the law firm of another forty and another right. nine thousand of, of so you were left with effectively a bankrupt uh, yeah organization yeah we that's correct I mean we were definitely in the red <laughs> because of the, the red right <laughs> because well, of what happened. And then there were other things, too, and I know we've talked about them on this show, where they were paying themselves s- s- giant bonuses for for, well, for having bonuses. the worst election cycle in Colorado history, GOP history. Um, somebody was continuing what, to, to charge credit cards for God knows what, had continued some kind of health insurance policy, even though they weren't. I mean, you, you had other stuff there that, to me, sort of is borderline, not just fraud, but but stealing, really, right? Yeah, you had a you had a number of those types of misappropriations and and uh, dishonest activity going on uh, that we're you know we're putting the we've compiled the you know what we've uncovered so far and Tom is still going through his analysis with the committee we had set up. Uh, so now we're on to the next step of you know asking Christy Burton Brown as well as others uh, don't don't delete anything. Because this is we're going we're going to escalate this. It's just a a matter of you know putting it together and doing it in a responsible way so that our case is you know pretty much rock solid. And when you say you've asked them, am I right? And this isn't this wasn't just a little text saying, "Hey, KBB, don't delete anything." I mean, this is a formal lawyer legal kind of letter kind of thing. Yeah, it it was. We when we went ahead and relied on our national committee man, Randy Corporan. He's for those of you who don't know, he's also an attorney, a practicing one. 
And uh, we thought, given the sense of nature uh, of, of what's happening within our party, we should probably utilize the talent that we have in our own leadership. And that's why we went with Randy and Randy's going to help us get to the bottom of everything and hopefully uh, put some accountability in place so that this never happens again. Well, part of the problem is there's been no hostile takeover of the Republican party or at least one side or the other that keeps you honest. So you've really have, and, and one of the, bigger fraudulent ones that, that appears to be fraudulent is they constantly re did reports showing cash on hand, which is a lie. The cash wasn't there. Um, it was There was a discrepancy going over, I think, eight years. But eight years, you can't just keep on telling the U.S. government that here, here's your FICA for, filing or FEC filing, and, and in fact, it's a fraud. The money's not there. The money is not there. And you did it knowingly. You knowingly she did it knowingly, or maybe that's a charge anyway. At least potentially someone did it knowingly. Someone knew it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's a, that's a, all all a part of what we are trying to better understand. I think we have a pretty good picture um, now of what happened in part. But you know the problem is this could very well go back beyond Christy Burton Brown. And in, in fact, I'm sure it does from what I've already seen. Uh, so this is sort of the thread that we're going to be continuing to pull on. And I'm fairly certain, unfortunately, that once we pull on it sufficiently, it's going to lead to even more um, revelations that are just not good for our party. At the end of the day, if we're going to, and I may mention this in the email I sent, if we're going to be given the privilege of governing and serving the people, we better have our own affairs in order. Um, we, we can't have this type of, at, at best, this type of incompetence and at worst, you know, this type of corruption going on in our party. Well, and, and the two kind of feed off each other, right? So if you've got a messed up financial situation um, and you have somebody who's so inclined to take advantage of that and then do criminal corrupt stuff, it goes hand in hand, right? If it's a mess, I mean, part of, I think, sometimes what people who play these kind of games rely on is the fact that it's just too complicated to figure out and then they get away with it. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, and you're being nice about this and I understand, you know, you have to be, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff. They had like storage shelves and storage rooms are being paid for that were just nonsense. Um, they made everything as difficult as they could for you guys to figure out financially. Like you said, it wasn't only that there was like no transition, there was sort of like an anti-transition. And you know what, Dave, I think they were lying. They were relying on the fact that people would be like, oh, well, this is going to make Republicans look bad. And, you know, I give you credit for saying we got to get this straightened out. Yeah, look, it I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that was a consideration on my part. Sure. We do, we do need to protect the party and, you know, avoid as, as much uh, embarrassment as possible. But what's more important is that we have a good, you know, honest, transparent organization that will avoid these situations in the future. And, you know, my, I've said this all along, look, we're not, we're not going to regain a majority in two years. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get to a better place overnight. My, my main focus, my main job is to just right the ship, rebuild the house uh, and put it on a firm foundation so that we can have success in the future. That quite frankly, I'm not going to be able to, 
to reap the benefits of, right? None of us who are rebuilding the party right now are going to, I think, see the fruits of our labor, not until, you know, we've seen enough reforms that lead to the promised land, so to speak. But that's okay, because I'll tell you what, you know, people six, eight years down the road are going to be very happy that we took these measures now so that we could have a chance at a Colorado that's not dominated by Democrats. Well, and what you've done also that's, you know, when you took over the the whole rhinos, the KBBs and the rhino establishment and the establishment media were all constantly taking shots saying, oh, look, under the grassroots leadership, they're going broke. They were implying that you were the ones who weren't paying the bill. They were implying that all of these financial problems were your fault. And because the grassroots were around, no one would give anyone any money when the very fact is that it was a previous leadership who, you know, potential criminal behavior was going on and certainly questionable abuse of possibly fraudulent, as you said, misappropriation, mismanagement. I mean, that really bothers me that they thought they could get away with just saying, oh, it's the grassroots when they were the ones who were doing it, who, who were doing the well, bad Well, you thing. think that because you can, can either have the Democratic press as be hostile or you have the, the, the establishment press, Gazette, um, Denver Gazette, the Colorado Springs. I mean, the whole, the whole thing. And and you know, it was interesting. Christy Burton Brown, when she uh, wanted to give her defense, went to um, the Times Recorder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which is a, which is a media matters organization. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just they think they can get away with it because they probably can. <laughs> I mean, they think they can get away with it because they probably can. Well, you know, I I don't know what what's going to happen. We're just going to, we're going to follow the facts where they lead and let the chips fall where they may. At the end of the day, we're going to disclose to the central committee and the membership what's going on with our party and let them know, you know, the financial health and well-being of it as well as the organizational health. You know, the good news is despite the sabotage from the establishment and some of our detractors, uh, we're we're doing good. We've turned a corner. We've taken, a, you know, uh, an organization that we inherited in the red with only eight thousand bucks or so in capital, and turned it into a lean, efficient organization with over a half a million dollars wow. in uh, cash on, cash on hand. So, you know, it's knock on wood, but it's quite quite likely that uh, we'll have more cash on hand than Democrats for a second month in a row. And you'll notice how the media doesn't want to report on that. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to disclose for the fact that, uh, the previous month that was reported, uh, we had more cast than Democrats. So, you know, this is how the game's played there. There are folks that have a narrative. They don't want conservative grassroots, uh, Republicans being successful. Cause the truth is they have more in common with, Democrats than they do us, Um, but it's a new day and we're going to continue moving forward uh, and rebuilding this party. I'd be curious to see how they play it, having, you know, kowtow to, to KBB and, or, you know, and, and, and all of that. It'll be interesting to see. To, to be, I My know guess this, is radio silence. But, um, well, you know, Dave, let me ask you this. I would think, and you maybe can't answer this, but like if I'm a major donor, I would be like annoyed at this. I would be like saying, wait, so I'm giving you all this money and you're doing what with it? And now they're pursuing civil and potentially criminal complaints against you? I mean, I would hope... 
that that number one, if you're a major donor, you might say to the establishment people, hello, <laughs> you know, and and maybe say, maybe I should start giving my money to, oh, I don't know, the Colorado Republican Party that's actually trying to do something for a change. You don't know the big donors, do you? Do well, you? I know, I know. That was a <laughs> silly plea, but some, still. Some of them, I, I think I think some of some of the donors would be shocked with the mismanagement mismanagement of money that we that we could demonstrate to them. Uh, but there are there are some that that legitimately don't care, I, and the reason that I don't think they care and why it's a good bet uh, is because they keep giving to these failed strategists, right? I mean, we've look, we've seen it for the twenty twenty plus years, right? Since Jared Polis and his merry band of billionaire millionaire um, uh, donors, you know, instituted the blueprint. Uh, we've seen our side give money to incompetent feckless strategists and leaders who don't know how to do anything other than lose the trust and confidence of the voters. I mean, you know, I, I mean, let's just take a look at Bill Owens for a second here. You know, Bill Owens, a lot of people don't, don't really think about him too much. And that's by design. He's, he's the one orchestrating a lot of what you're seeing uh, right now with respect to the establishment's hopes on, on, you know, CD3, Right. right. They really they really want to engage in a in a primary that is not likely to be successful other than to harm Lauren Boebert. Right. Well, you even have... if it is successful, um, their candidate is going to be so harmed that it will turn this either way. It'll it'll yeah. Democrats know, win. As a I, mean, I, I think it's I think it, I think it's really a really cynical take on what's going on here. I think their calculation is, you know, Lauren Boebert will be out for two years and they'll just suffer Adam Frisch and then they'll try to take it back, you know, very much, very much what you saw with, I think, uh, Betsy Markey, right? Uh, right, It was CD4, right? right? Corey Gardner took it after uh, Marilyn Musgrave lost it. And that, but that was only two years. So they're kind of playing the long game. And the reason I bring it up is that these people have grown government. They've not fought for Republican ideals. And if you don't believe me, just look at referendum C&D. Or uh, Governor Owens, you know, a Republican, yeah. fought fought really hard to expand government and, you know, violate Tabor. And these these are the people that have been kind of running the show for 20 years, and they don't care. They keep getting money, you know, to go and implement all the things that just aren't working. I mean, you saw this last cycle in 2022 where you had quarter of a million dollars from a I think it was Advanced Colorado. If it wasn't Advanced, it was Ready Colorado, one of those two, who were spending quarter of a million dollars on Republican primaries uh, in safe Republican seats, where at the end of the day, it was really of no consequence. It, it didn't matter if it was Lisa Frizzell versus Bill Jack, because when you're at 19 in the House, you're not doing anything. I don't care what wing of the party you're, you're in. But nevertheless, they spent those resources on their friends as opposed to spending it on competitive seats where we could have won. There were many of these, many seats that we lost by a few hundred votes, but they directed resources and saved Republican seats to the benefit of their buddies. Why? Wow. I think it's because to grow government. Did, yeah. Do you know who's behind Ready Colorado? Um, well, it used to be a gentleman by the name of Luke Raglan. Uh, he might still be involved. Uh, and it was, well, he was, also, he was the person out front, but I know right. Luke. Tyler, he, well, I mean, Tyler, was, Tyler Sandberg was one of their, yeah. I think, executive directors. He was a founder but, of it, but he has no money. 
So who was right. the well, it's, well, sure. I mean, if you want, if you want to trace it all the way back, it goes back to some of the higher dollar donors throughout Colorado history. One of those people being Phil Anschutz, right? Yeah. Now yeah. you can ask, you can ask them what their motivations are. I suspect you won't get an answer, but <laughs> it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty hard to, it's pretty hard to see that if these people keep investing in, in loser Republicans, who spend money rather than win elections, then, I mean, you got to start asking the question, is it on purpose? Let me... Well, Reddy, Reddy Colorado was the one that went into Weld County along with Catherine Murdoch uh, to make sure that, that you only had rhinos uh, winning the primaries. Um, and they, you know, Catherine Murdoch wanted to hide a little bit so Reddy Colorado could, could uh, do the hatchet jobs and pretend they were, you know, they're a charter school. They care about kids. They care about the kids, um, but it's it's an amazing it's it's an amazing web of of intrigue behind the Republican Party. Well, hopefully, to this this action you guys are taking. Let me ask you a final question before we let you go. We'll get to that because okay, so you've sent this letter, an official legal letter to Christy Burton Brown and others, saying to preserve all evidence um, from when they were in in leadership. What what happens next? Uh, well, Randy put a deadline in that letter, so we'll wait for the deadline to come and go, and then we'll decide what our next, you know, steps are. We, I mean, we have a pretty good, um, set of information already. It just would be nice if, you know, they could hand over what we, we strongly believe they have in their personal possession. Um, you know, we were able to recover a number of files that were deleted, a number of emails that were deleted from the past administration, but we don't, we don't have a complete picture. And so we, we, we strongly suspect that they didn't get rid of it. Um, so <laughs> Although I have this know, vision, I have this vision of Christy Burton Brown pretending she's Hillary Clinton and bashing cell phones and things like that <laughs> <laughs> with a, she's, she's Googling bleach bit right now or something. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, we're going to, we're going to continue to follow this through. And, you know, I, as I stated earlier, I've, you know, we're going to have our, uh, our committee that's investigating this put together a, a good, a good case that we can pursue in the court of law. So that's our, that's our next step. All right. Well, Dave, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, and, and thank yeah, you think, for your time today in the show. I well greeted by grassroots who, um, have been hoping there'd be some action taken and, and it looks like it's going forward. All right. Dave, thank you. You said thanks for. Bye bye. All right, bye. All right. Uh, so that's a, that's a great move. And real quick, Jacob had asked a question: Was this money used to arrest uh, Tina Peters, a Grand Junction clerk? I think no, no, that would have been different money. This was just state GOP party money. Right. Um, right. So that's good. So we'll be obviously following that more on our show too, as well to explain that to people. Um, and uh, and I'm glad they did that. I think you're right, Chuck. That's going to be great news for grassroots people. Well, they just, I mean, you know, and this has been not just since Dave came on, came a oh, long yeah. time of saying, you know, what are these people exactly doing for us? <laughs> um, and, and now you have some, an answer to that, at least a partial answer to that. Well, and even better news too, Dave says that the, they're in better shape than they were in spite of all of the establishment rhino efforts to tank the party. Well, they're, they're better off and they're taking action. I mean, you know, right. they've, they've, 
they've been, you know, the what 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 the Brownstein firm would always say, we can't afford to do anything. And then, you know, Dave said, okay, let's find another way to be able to do it. And then have brought cases and, and done lots of great stuff. So that world there's a will, there's a way. There we go. Hey, that is going to wrap it up for us, everybody. Um, on Friday, we've got a guy coming on. It's really interesting. He's got um, sort of an interesting, not a take, but sort of setting the record straight on regarding the History Colorado Sand Creek Massacre exhibit, um, which we're going to talk to him about that. Obviously, so much more going on, too. We'll keep you up to speed on all of that. want to thank Dave Williams, everybody on Zoom. Chuck, you got to get back to work getting the paper out. No, I do have to work, get to work, and then I'm going to go see Robert Spencer, who's often on our program so i'll give a report back on that on friday all right hey everybody all right, everybody take care goodbye i get to say goodbye goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>